0: The following is a First Nations Health Authority podcast. The FNHA is a health service delivery organization responsible for administering a variety of health programs and services. So I think there's many different reasons why this pandemic has been so difficult for people, especially from an emotional point of view or mental health point of view. You know, one of the main things has been that many things have been out of our control or have been unpredictable right from the very beginning. We didn't know how long this was going to go on for. We didn't know how long that we had to maintain the public health measures. And now with the vaccine coming out, we see that that's a tool on our way to getting ourselves out of the pandemic. But there's been a lot of uncertainty around, is there enough vaccine to go around? And where do we or where do I fit into the prioritization of that? When am I going to be able to get my vaccine? And in some cases, there's been a lot of what seems to be mixed messages being sent out. So all of those are a challenge for us in our mental health. And the other thing I guess I should mention that's pretty significant, I think, for First Nations people is because of the public health measures that Uh, Loss of connection, that loss of social connections, cultural connection. We just haven't been able to gather together in the groups that we've wanted to over the past year. And, And there have been a lot of losses as well. I think it's really important for us to acknowledge the deaths and some of the severe outcomes that people have had during the pandemic and the losses of elders, for example. Those aren't numbers that we're talking about. Those are people that we're talking about, and they're part of our culture. They're part of our communities. And so I think there's a lot of grief and loss in our communities at this time. So for all of those reasons, I think the pandemic has been really challenging. It's important for us to talk about these things because we don't want people to suffer in silence. You know, we want to create an atmosphere where people feel comfortable coming forward. Sometimes I think in mental health messaging, we say reach out if you're having a difficult time. And that's true, if people do reach out, there are supports available. But I think it's also important to reach out to one another, to check up on one another and see how each other is doing. Sometimes people won't come forward themselves, but once they're asked about it, they might feel more comfortable sharing how they're actually feeling. And then you know help can be offered and we can connect people with services, or give people some ideas of how to help themselves at this time. One of the important things is to recognize that the you know the past year of living under the public health measures related to the pandemic has affected all of us but in different ways, you know, depending on people's circumstances and and situations. And the same is true for different age groups or age ranges. For children, for example, the youngest children, I think a lot of parents, what we've heard, because the children haven't necessarily been able to get together in the ways that they had before, school has been interrupted, for example, or play groups or organized sports or other activities, is, you know, the children aren't necessarily connecting as much socially as they would under typical circumstances. And then parents have expressed concern about children falling behind academically. For children, you know, they themselves, First Nations people in general are very, you know, we're very connected to each other across generations. And so not being able to spend a significant amount of time with extended family members, including grandparents or aunties or uncles, uh, has, I think, impacted on people's mental health. For the older adolescent age group, that I think has been really challenging for people, not just with the academic aspect to it that people haven't, you know, perhaps there's worry about people falling behind academically, but that is a really important milestone for adolescents to be able to socialize with their peers And mature in those relationships. And so I really raise my hands to adolescents who have been working hard and trying to continue to do their schoolwork and trying to follow the public health measures as best they can, because I can appreciate how very difficult it is for young people to do that. For adults, I think over the past year, there has been the number of stresses that people have had to contend with are too numerous to mention in some ways. For example, um, you know, if people are employed, their work situations have been greatly altered. Some of us have had to switch to working from home, which has its own challenges. But there may be economic worries for many people, or people have feeling, you know, that they have to be at their job and that they can't miss any time for hospital appointments or for bereavement leave because of economics, they have to continue to work. In addition to all the stresses that I mentioned earlier about just living with this uncertainty, uh, living with the losses that we've experienced over the past year, it's really been a challenge for people. And, you know, there haven't been that many actual studies done, but the ones that have done our surveys show that, you know, the mental health impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic are significant. And we will have to address those going forward, I think, for some time to come. For elders in the community, I think that the COVID-19 pandemic over the past year has, the impacts have also been very significant in a number of different ways not just the uncertainty and the unpredictability of the pandemic, but knowing what we do know about the virus and the illness that it causes, the older age groups have been at severe risk of having more severe outcomes related to COVID-19 illness and including death. You know, living under that stress, that uncertainty of, you know, will I or won't I contract the virus, that for all of us is there, but especially for older people and our elders. Our elders are cultural knowledge keepers. They are very valuable resource in BC First Nations communities. And so I'm happy to see that the vaccine rollout has included them as the first priority. But there certainly has been a number of challenges for them. Some elders actually may be isolated from their families and it may be very difficult, for example, for them to to do things to meet their basic needs, like get groceries or attend medical appointments and things like that. So I think this year has really been a challenge for them. And of course, on top of everything is that overlay of a lack of social connection, you know, not being able to see extended family members, not being able to hold and hug your grandchildren if you have them, or even just get together with, you know, your friends and spend time together. That's, I think there have been so many losses over the past year that, you know, as I said before, it will take us, I think, some period of time to overcome the trauma of the pandemic. So there are a lot of mental health issues when you think about the vaccine rollout for those who have already or who have an appointment to have a vaccine and those who are waiting to get their vaccine. You know, when the vaccines were first announced at the end of 2020, I think we were dealing with a lot of people's questions that they had, the uncertainty that they had about the vaccines. Are they safe to take? Will I have any side effects? What are the long-term effects? And from that point of view, people benefit from the reassurance now that we know that the small chance of risk related to taking the vaccine is far outweighed by the benefits of having the vaccine. And we have already had numerous communities receive their vaccine. And we've had examples where we've seen elders, for example, receiving their vaccines and encouraging other people in their community to do so. But it's important to acknowledge that people's anxieties about that are there. And it's important that one of the ways we allay that anxiety is by being really clear about what we're sharing, about what we know about the vaccine. So we do know, you know, in Canada that vaccines are regulated. They are safe. Uh, they are effective. And especially for people wondering about, you know, how effective they are. Once you have achieved, you know, the immunity related to the vaccine, your chances of getting COVID are greatly reduced. Even if you do contract COVID-19, your chances are that you will have a much milder course. So I think people's apprehensions about getting the vaccine, it's important to listen to those apprehensions, but to encourage people that really getting the vaccine is the best thing that you can do to protect yourself to protect the rest of your family who lives with you, and to protect your community. The more people we have who are eligible to have the vaccine and who make that choice to get vaccinated, the sooner I think that we will be able to reduce some of the public health measures and get back to what uh, life was like mostly before the pandemic. For people who are feeling anxious waiting for their turn to get the vaccine. I think this is also really important to acknowledge. I've seen a lot of people, you know, posting their videos of getting vaccinated on Facebook. And I think all of us who are still waiting, you know, there is that little bit of anxiety about, you know, when is it going to be my turn? And it's important to acknowledge that because everybody who's waiting feels that. And one of the ways that we can reduce that anxiety is knowing that, you know, the vaccine rollout is proceeding. As best it can, there have been a lot of challenges to the rollout that aren't within our control. For example, limitations on supply from time to time and just the logistics of getting clinics organized. But I would say that people who are still waiting to get the vaccine. For all of us in communities, it's really important to show that kindness and compassion to one another, to genuinely feel happy for people who have already had their vaccine, but for the people who have been vaccinated to show patience and kindness and compassion to those who are still waiting. The reality is that not everybody can get the vaccine all at one time, and there will be a certain order to it. For most people, it's a base now with our urban population. So as we go down in the age ranges, and I think we're going to go down pretty quickly, then hopefully people will be reassured and they'll have that appointment booked. And as we've said many times from FNHA, that the vaccine is one tool that's going to get us out of this pandemic. There are many different reasons why for example covid um, may have appeared in greater numbers in First Nations communities during the pandemic. There's a lot of what we call social factors that might fit into it. For example, having multiple generations of the family of a family living in the same home for example and having a really, you know, challenging time being able to physically distance adequately from people. But I think, you know, one of the things I do want to say is to commend people and, you know, raise my hands to everyone who has put so much effort in over the past year to do as best they can in adhering to the public health measures that are recommended during the pandemic, even though emotionally it has been very difficult to do. I still think that, uh, you know, in general, many people have, you know, followed the guidance and have kept COVID at low numbers in communities. The other important, I think, emotional aspect to the vaccination rollout is just the sheer excitement that we're noticing amongst people who have received their vaccines. And and people often describe a sense of relief for themselves once they have received the vaccine. But one thing people need to keep in mind is that even though you have been vaccinated, first of all, as an individual, it takes up to two weeks after that first dose for the vaccine. Seen to kind of work with your body and develop an immunity to the COVID-19 virus. And then of course, people will be followed up in approximately four months time with their second dose. So this is a fairly long period of time between doses and everyone is in the same position of needing that time to build their immunity up. So it's really important for people to know that once you're vaccinated, this is not the time to throw away your mask and start gathering together in groups, especially indoors. It's really important, although it's so difficult Difficult to ask people to do, to maintain those public health measures that we've all been living with over the past year. Continue to wear your mask. Continue to wash your hands frequently. Be careful to physically distance from people when you're outside of your home. And follow the current public health guidance because it does change and it will continue to change. But being vaccinated doesn't mean that automatically once you've had that injection, you are not naturally immune from the virus yet. So I would do everything I can to encourage people, although I acknowledge that it's very difficult to continue maintaining those public health measures. It really is important to acknowledge how hard this has been for each and every one of us and you know, here for those of us who work at FNHA, you know, our hope has been to provide the best, most up-to-date information that we can, so that all along the way, people have felt that they have the information they need uh, to make good decisions for themselves, including whether or not to receive the vaccine. But I think sometimes we need to talk more, not just about you know numbers or Data that we have about the vaccine, for example, I want to leave because we're talking about the mental health and emotional aspects. I want to leave people with that sense of hope. We have been through so much. But we do now have hope over the horizon, you know, that things will start to change. Things will start to open up again. We will be able to gather together with our friends, with our family for community events. And we will be able to hopefully go back to participating in life the way that we did before, probably with a few changes. But I think, you know, I really do believe that the the worst is kind of behind us. And I guess I just want to acknowledge everyone efforts in trying to keep themselves, their families and their communities safe over the past year. It really is important to acknowledge how hard people have worked, but also to acknowledge that hope that's, that's in the future. You have just listened to an FNHA podcast. Find out more about the First Nations Health Authority by visiting fnha.ca or by following us on social media.